0: Peace be upon you. Consider the last time you purchased something online, be it Amazon or some other site. Did you ever pause to reflect on the multitude of people you had to trust in order to be able to feel confident to place that order that you're going to receive your product and it's going to be as advertised? You probably looked at the reviews before you bought the product. Uh, You talked to some friends and family, and they gave you their fair assessment, and you trusted those to a certain extent. You relied that Amazon was going to safeguard your payment, that they weren't going to swipe your money and take it for themselves. Uh, You trusted your bank that they're going to process the payment, that they're going to pay it on your behalf. They're not going to withhold it. You had faith in the internet service providers that they weren't going to swipe your credit card information or block your transaction. You believed that the seller you were buying this item from uh, actually had the item and it was as advertised. You trusted that the uh, manufacturer and producer of the product would deliver a quality product. For instance, if you purchased a book, you assumed that the publisher, the author, weren't going to give you a book with a bunch of blank pages or uh, a book with text, uh, 100 fonts that the person actually spent time to create this book, to write down their best ideas, to create a good quality product. If you bought a computer, you relied on the manufacturer, you know, be it Apple, be it a Windows machine, that uh, they took efforts to make sure that this product was of high quality, that it wasn't going to spontaneously combust the first time you plugged it in or just not work at all. You trusted all the multitude of suppliers. You think about the Uh, millions of people involved to produce those components that make that machine, all the software, all the hardware that goes into it, that they actually had quality controls that again, you're not going to get a brick, uh, a machine that doesn't work. Finally, you trusted the delivery of the product to several companies that you have no clue who they are and the individuals involved that they were actually going to deliver your product. They weren't going to just take it put it uh, as their own and run away with it all this. So you could have this product and you didn't contemplate that when you push the button, all this trust you had in this vast network of entities uh, ranging from financial institutions, suppliers, manufacturers, sellers, reviewers, and the delivery personnel. Now imagine that your product made it right to your front step. And here comes along a package thief and he says, oh, wow, a package. And he swipes it and takes it. What would that do to your psyche? How would that make you feel? This small act of corruption would cause a ripple effect way greater than just the stealing of your uh, product. Consider how you start viewing the members of your community. Before you would see someone out for a stroll and you thought, Hey, it's a neighbor going out for some fresh air. Now you look at them with an air of skepticism. Is this someone actually going out or at a casing looking for packages? What does that do to a society when people start having these views of one another, they start questioning one another, being suspicious of one another. So what you'd probably do next is try to look for restitution you might call amazon and complain to them you might call your credit card company and complain to them you might call the postal service right that delivered this product and complain to them hoping someone re- would restore the system for you restore your money uh, get you your product uh, for uh, the, the 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 loss you suffered now how would these institutions view your claim they themselves will be skeptical how do they know they're not you're not acting fraudulently And let's say they have a policy that they can't cover your loss. Now you have a bad engagement with someone who is acting with integrity, who is acting honestly because of what this, again, small little act of selfishness by this package thief has caused. And very quickly, we see that the societal cost of this one theft far exceeded the cost of an actual stolen product. In order for a society to flourish and thrive, The presence of trust among its members is absolutely critical. Trust serves as the foundation upon which individuals build relationships, collaborate, and engage in various social, economical, and political activities. It plays a pivotal role in shaping the overall well-being and progress of a society. If a society loses trust in one another, then the society stops progressing and starts digressing. Therefore, trust makes up the fabric that ties society together. In Surah 16, verse 91 through 92, we read about the importance of trust. It says, You shall fulfill your covenant with God when He makes such a covenant. You shall not violate the oaths after swearing by God to carry them out, for you have made God a guarantor for you. God knows everything you do. Do not be like the knitter who unravels her strong knitting, into piles of flimsy yarn. This is your example. If you abuse the oaths to take advantage of one another, whether one group is larger than the other, God thus puts you to the test. He will surely show you on the day of resurrection everything you had disputed. This example in the Quran, it shows that trust is like a fabric, that if you start Pulling away at the seams of trust, it's as if a knitter who uh, takes her strong knitting, her fabric, into piles of flimsy yarn. You know, each strand of yarn is relatively weak, but when you stitch them together into a, you know, blanket, a piece of fabric, they become strong. So when one selfish individual does an act that's untrustworthy, What they're really doing is they're pulling away this strand, this fiber, from the fabric of society. And this is the reason that the Quran comes down so heavily against corruption. These things that destroy the fabric of society. Because once you tolerate a little bit of corruption, it's just inevitable that this corruption is going to spread. Consider the viewpoint of the package thief. Why would the thief... Consider doing such acts. From their standpoint, they think that the risk versus reward is in their favor. Particularly if no one is coming after them or looking to prosecute them, they will be emboldened to carry on this act again and again. And what happens when other people see that they're able to get away with this, this terrible act? Inevitably, that person who might have been on the fence, who might have before seen this, been apprehensive to uh, steal a package, now says, hey, if that guy can do it, I can do it. And you're incentivizing the next domino to fall. More and more people fall into corruption. Therefore, if a society does not show that, hey, we do not tolerate this, these kinds of acts in our society, and there's repercussions if someone carries it out, the individuals, the bad members of that society, are going to feel motivated to carry through with their act. In recent years, there's been a push to defund the police, but what people don't take in consideration is if you defund the police, you're only incentivizing the criminals because they know that they're not going to be held accountable. And what's interesting is in 2014, California passed what's known as Prop uh, 47. And this said, if uh, an individual steals items valued less than $950, that this would only be a misdemeanor. And for years, this law was in the books, but we didn't see the level of chaos that we do now. Once you compound that with this act of lawlessness, this defund the police, the ability to for uh, criminals to to run wild with impunity, This only emboldens more and more criminals uh, to carry out such acts. Um, If you go to San Francisco, uh, not only have so many stores shut down due to the sheer amount of uh, stealing, destruction, this and that, but the ones that remained open, they look like a uh, war zone. Everything is behind security glass. Uh, You typically have a couple security guards with full gear. They look like they're, again, going out to, 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 to war. And even if you need ketchup and mustard, you have to go find someone who works at the store for them to open up uh, the uh, the glass so you can get your uh, ketchup and mustard. And this is because people have lost faith in the entire system. Stores don't trust their customer base. And it's fascinating because the people who suffer when they tolerate this theft isn't just the stores it's the society at large. So consider, you know, you have these impoverished areas. And someone decides to open up a grocery store. And this is a blessing for that community. But if that community goes and uh, loots and riots and destroys that store, that store is going to close shop. And that is going to come to a detriment of the people who live there within vicinity. And then they're going to complain and say that stores are not opening up and they're in a food desert. Well, it's like, yeah, there's a reason that the stores can't open up in these locations. It's because the people are not acting with integrity. They're stealing from it. They're destroying it. And the cost of operating just doesn't make sense. So they shut it down. And when politicians are pressed as to why, you know, they allow this, they blame the stores. They say, oh, they're greedy. They're this, they're that. And they don't realize that. No, when you, you eliminate social order from a society, you eliminate trust. And then we shouldn't be surprised when we can't have nice things i had a friend who visited the uh, california the bay area close to san francisco and he wasn't aware of the situation out there and he had a rental car and in the back seat he had his laptop in his case and he goes in for just to grab a quick coffee and he comes out he sees that someone has smashed his window and stolen his laptop and he was perplexed so he calls the cops cops come and say well did you leave your laptop in the back seat he says yeah he says why did you do that as if it was his fault And this is the irony is that when you you lose trust in a society, when it becomes lawless, you start blaming the victim as if, oh, it's your fault that these people came and targeted your car and stole your laptop, rather than realizing that, no, they created a society where lawlessness is rampant, where criminals feel like they can get away with this and there's no repercussions. Now, it's easy to blame, oh, it's the cop's fault, but it's not. It's a societal issue. At the end of the day, the cops only enforce the laws that the people are asking them to enforce. If the society is pushing back against them, enforcing laws, going after criminals who are stealing, destroying other people's properties, they would act upon them. But you contemplate how many laws are there that just aren't being enforced because society is not asking them to enforce those laws. And there's this interesting take from a political scientist um, where he's talking about the function of the police is for social control. Now, he's using this in a negative uh, light, but I want to play the clip first. So here it is
1: the function of that police action, those interventions in Central America and the Middle East, the function is system-sustaining. It is to maintain that overall system. And you don't look at the particular cost. I could demonstrate to you that every single bank robbery, that in every single case, practically, the cost of the police was more than the actual money that the robbers took from the bank. Does that mean, oh, you see, there's really no economic interest involved then. They're not protecting the banks, the police are just doing this because they're on a a power trip or they're macho or uh, they're control freaks, that's why they do it. No, of course it's an economic, of course they're defending the banks, of course, because if they didn't stop that bank robber, regardless of the costs, this could jeopardize the entire banking system. You see, there are people who believe that the function of the police is to fight crime, and that's not true. The function of the police is social control and protection of property.
0: Now, this clip has some truth, but it's missing a big component. What it's missing is that it thinks that it's just the cops that are able to maintain the social control. No, it's the people at large in that society. If the people do not respect other individuals, rights and properties, then it's impossible to think that cops alone are going to force them to act with moral integrity. There's a saying, it says you cannot legislate morality. Now, some people get upset at this saying, but what it's saying is I can't change the uh, values and the morality of a person. I mean, yes, we can pass all kinds of laws banning uh, people from acting immorally, but if society doesn't care, then those laws are not going to be enforced. And the other point that gets fundamentally lost is that people take for granted just how little it takes to completely disrupt society, to cause chaos and uh, uh, just utter disarray that people are able to maintain social order, not because the cops are coming and cracking down is because the society says this is what we want. But once that is torn away, once people want lawlessness, it becomes very, very difficult to get back into order. Now, what's interesting is destruction is the natural state of things like it's easy to destroy something. But the real challenge is, is what keeps a society up and running? What keeps a society productive? Like you think about it, if you're flying a plane, there's a million ways that the plane can crash, but it takes real ingenuity and uh, understanding to make a plane fly. And here in life, we're, we're flying on this plane. This plane is giving us all kinds of luxuries. It's giving us all kinds of benefits. But when people become unappreciative, And they think only about their own selves. They become narcissists and just contemplate that. Oh, if I just, you know, uh, break into the shop, if I steal this one item, I will be able to benefit at this very moment. They're really seeing things in such a short sighted manner. And they fail to realize not only are they ruining things, For their future selves, they're ruining things for future generations. You know, people who, in essence, are going to be born into a world full of lawlessness where there is no trust in society, where you're constantly looking over your shoulder concerned that you're going to get mugged, uh, someone's going to come and steal your stuff, take your property. In Surah 16, verse 112, it reads, God cites the example of a community that used to be secure and prosperous with provisions coming to it from everywhere. But then it turned unappreciative of God's blessings. Consequently, God caused them to taste the hardships of starvation and insecurity, such as the record for what they did. God is describing most modern day societies that we have provisions coming to it. We don't even have to work for it, right? You go on Amazon, you do a few button clicks and they'll send you your product. You need food. You go to the grocery store and they have readily available every meat, every kind of produce you can imagine readily available for you. Now, what happens when the supply chain gets disrupted? What happens when the store closes down? I don't think people take in consideration just how much of a razor's edge we sit on that all of a sudden, if society goes into disarray, if it goes to utter chaos, that literally we won't have enough food to feed the people we will reach the levels of starvation and insecurity exactly as described in this verse. And the the, the outcome of this is because the people became unappreciative. They had all these blessings, more blessings than the past generations could possibly imagine. But because they were being selfish and only thinking about themselves and how these uh, short-term destructions in the fabric of society was allowing them to get this immediate monetary gain, that they were willing to shoot themselves in the foot for a long-term outcome. Now we have another example in the Quran. This is uh, regarding Shweb in Midian. In Surah 11, verse 84, it says, to Midian, we sent our brother Shweb. He said, O my people worship God. You have no other God beside him. Do not cheat when you measure or weigh. I see that you are prosperous and I fear for you the retribution of an overwhelming day. O my people, you shall give full measure and full weight equitably. Do not cheat the people out of their rights and do not roam the earth corruptingly. This is the advice that Schweb is giving his people. He's saying, look, you're prosperous. You have provisions coming to you. Don't cheat the people. Because imagine if any of these people were out there, you know, stealing packages, uh, causing destruction, causing corruption. If that table was turned and it happened to them, they would be the most despondent people. I saw this video. Some people went and they looted an Apple store and this guy walks out with an iMac. And he's all proud and stuff like that. And then other people see that he has this iMac and they start uh, harassing him and punching him and kicking him. And they take his product and he's crying and he's upset as if this was his to start. The sheer irony of a kid who doesn't respect the property of others, but expects other people to respect his stolen property. And this is what happens is the people are so short sighted that when they destroy, they deteriorate, the trust within a society, the damage is going to have impacts for years to come. And these kids don't realize this. There was this uh, uh, TikTok kid. He thought he was being funny. He was barging into people's home unannounced, sitting on their couch. They thought they were being mugged. They thought they were being robbed and they're freaking out. Now, imagine the people who had the trust in their communities to leave their doors unlocked. Concerned now that some gang of uh, uh, teenage kids are just going to barge in. And he had other videos where he would run up to someone as if he was going to mug them and uh, just to get in their face to see how they react. And he doesn't realize the ripple effect these naive, inconsiderate actions are causing, that he's literally destroying the very society that he lives in. And he doesn't realize the damage that he's causing. But if people don't stand up, if people don't start voicing that this is not the society they want to live in, all this does is that next individual who sees this person's example, they become more emboldened to carry it out. But we need to basically go back to morality. We need to go back to the foundations of trust and integrity of a society. In Surah 22, verse 40, it says, They were evicted from their homes unjustly for no reason other than saying, Our Lord is God. If we're not for God's supporting of some people against others, monasteries, churches, synagogues, and masjids where the name of God is commemorated frequently would have been destroyed. Absolutely, God supports those who support him. God is powerful, almighty. So if we don't want our societies to fall into disarray, to be duped by the devil, to come into complete shambles and loss of trust within its members, we need to support God. We need to realize that without God, we're going to face starvation and insecurity, and it's only our devotion to God alone that's going to keep us safe. You know, consider the town of Sodom and Gomorrah, that because of one family, God was willing to spare the people, that all it takes is one righteous person to say, no, I stand with God, I stand with moral integrity, I don't care what's going on outside, and I'm going to proclaim the truth. That God is willing to spare a society for that one family, for that one righteous individual. You know, God willing, let's not take this for granted. God has blessed us tremendously. We live in a time of absolute abundance. Again, kings and queens of the past could not imagine the luxuries the average person has today. So how do we combat this? there's this expression uh, towards people called the salt of the earth. You know That good, wholesome people, they're called salt of the earth. And the question is, why are they called salt of the earth? When you have meat, it immediately wants to decay, it wants to rot. But what salt does is it preserves the integrity of that meat, that it allows it to persevere. And the salt of the earth does the same thing for society. By leading a good moral example, teaching our children to respect the property of others and realizing just how delicate and precious it is, this society that God has given us, that God willing we can hold off facing the consequences of hardship and starvation and insecurity that is destined for those who are unappreciative. And God willing, I'm gonna end with a quote from Abraham. This is in Surah 26, verse 84. And let the example I set for future generations be a good one. God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments, questions, you want to get into contact, please join us on our Discord server. We got a thriving community of like-minded individuals who want to worship God alone, follow the Quran alone. And we would love to have you participate. And if you want to follow along the verses of the Quran, you can download the Quran City app on the iOS app store. If you don't have an iOS device, you can go to QuranCityApp.com website. And if you want more information, you can go to the blog, you can get the notes for today's podcast and a multitude of other information on QuranTalkBlog.com. And until next time, peace and God bless.